Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Well, we're honored you're here. Merry Christmas again to everybody. My name is Joey. I'm the lead pastor here and really believe God's going to drop something in your heart that you'll carry into the next year. You made a good decision to be in the house of God on this Christmas Eve. How you leave one season is often how you enter the next. And so I believe God's going to deposit something in you. Maverick and I, well, really my family uh, and I, we were down at the Miracle on 13th Street. We we're having a, a wonderful time. Maverick was taking pictures with Santa and all the good things. Um, and kind of before we got there, we passed by this, this church, this old church, and it was open. And the lights were on and we're peeking in and Maverick's like, let's go in and see it. And so we go in the church and it's, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, art and just paintings and it's really big and and the nativity scene is there. And Maverick's like, dad, why don't we have this at the block church? I said, son, well, we meet at a catering hall, so, but we do have the smells of lunch, you know? Anyway, uh, and so, uh, but anyway, we're leaving and this lady kind of runs over to us and she says, uh, she says, hey, what are you doing? You know, you should come back. And uh, were you here for, for service? I said, no, we we're just kind of out and about. I, I said, how are you guys doing? Are you guys doing well? She said, well, not really. Uh, we're kind of struggling and we've got four congregations meeting in this building and and my, and my son immediately interrupts him and goes, that's okay, my dad can help. <laughs> He's the pastor of the block church. I said, son, I am. Because just a few weeks ago, you declared that you were. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so I'm a little embarrassed and I'm like, I don't know how to help this lady uh, after that. And but I was pondering that, and really, I think the the sensations and the aura and the wonder of this season, and how little kids especially, man, they just they just think Dad can do anything. My son thinks I can fix a car. Why are you laughing? My son thinks dad can fly, you know? It's like, he just believes. He believes that dad can do anything. And I think Christmas is an incredible reminder. An incredible reminder and, and, and a really important moment in the year, in our journey, that we must remember that while Maverick at some point will figure out dad can't do everything, but it is really valuable for us, especially those who are believers or those who will be by the end of this service. It's really valuable for us to remember that we serve a heavenly father, an everlasting father, a savior that truly can do anything. That when impossible is in front of him, it's nothing. 
When there's a mountain in our way, we speak to it. And by that very name of Jesus, it promises to move. In this wondrous Christmas season, please don't forget that your father, your savior, he really can do anything. And so I want to, for the next few moments as we leave this season and enter the next, I want to preach a message titled, There's Just Something About That Name, The Name of Jesus. If you've been saved for a while, or if you're above 35, you remember that old song, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. And if I had more than 12 minutes, I'd sing you the whole song. (laughs) And that would be enough Christmas gifts for you. But because the people here gave me 12 minutes, I must go to my verse. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's classic prophecy from Isaiah. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This line, a son is given or a child is born to us, it comes from this prophecy from Isaiah about the birth of the Messiah, not knowing when, but understanding that the Messiah would be a man. And this is really important and really valuable because many theologians and and, and many historians would argue that the Messiah or the savior of the world could have come as an angel, uh, could have come as Superman, could have come as a king from a distant land, already a 33-year-old man. He could have came as anything but what the majority of our orthodox theologians and historians believe and understand about the scriptures and the necessity of them is this. The savior of the universe had to come as a baby infant, totally vulnerable and under the attack of death. Why? Had to come this way because at some point in your life, you will be down in the dumps. At some point in your life, everything won't be going perfectly as planned. At some point in your life, you might face trial, disease, sickness, grief. At some point in your life, it is inevitable. You will be in need. And the reason that God had to send himself as a vulnerable child is to prove to you that God would come 100% man as well as 100% God so that he could identify with your struggle. You will be under pressure and so was the Savior. You will be vulnerable and so was the Savior. It is absolutely necessary for you to Also then be vulnerable with the Savior. God identifies with humanity by coming as a human. And Philippians writes it like this in in chapter 2 verse 7. Instead, Jesus gave up his divine privileges. 
He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This is so significant, friends, because God would not ask you to do something he wasn't willing to do himself first. He sends and gives what's most valuable of himself to us as a sacrifice. And then in turn, Jesus invites us to do the same. You want to follow me? Be obedient to the Father. You want to follow me? You also have to lose your life. In fact, Jesus declares, if you want to find your life, you got to lose it first. If you really want to follow me, you actually have to die to yourself, take up your cross and follow me on this path that is full of resistance and most won't take it. In fact, it is the narrow way that leads to life. See, there's a plan and there's intentionality in God's design that Jesus had to come as a baby. He gives up divine privileges to be obedient to his father, to set an example that we also get to be obedient and die as well. I love the line that says the government will rest on his shoulders. It's really unique because what it's actually talking about is the end of the age. Isaiah is prophesying that one day we will rest. One day this Messiah will be crowned King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and death, hell, the grave, Satan, all of it will live under his feet forever. And those who crown the Messiah, their King, will also enjoy that great victory. What Isaiah is describing and then what Jesus comes and fulfills under his name is an authority in a government that looks different than the governments and the authorities of the earth. It's an upside down kingdom where things make sense on earth, but don't make sense in the kingdom. Things make sense in the kingdom, don't make sense on earth. You know, for instance, most politicians, you know, they, they look at what they can get from you. They practice insider trading. They do all kinds of things behind the scenes that you're like, how do you get those privileges? But Jesus gave up those privileges and instead he looks what he can do for you. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. See, governments use powers to build empires. Jesus uses his power to wash our feet and make us clean. Governments of this day, they'll trade their influence for money, but God so loved the world that he gave. The higher the plane of importance that one elevates to, often the more inaccessible they become. But what does the Bible say? That Christ with us is Emmanuel. He is with us and he is fully accessible to you right now. And he came thousands of years ago with the promise that you could reach him and be accessible to him thousands of years later. Whenever you see someone who miraculously leaves a life of drugs or alcohol or abuse, but is restored to their family and to their work and to society, what you see now is somebody governed by God. When you see loving Christians caring for orphans, those rejected by family, what you're seeing is the government of God in action. 
When you see great sacrifice, supernatural love, the miraculous, you are witnessing the government of God in part on earth. When you experience undeserved kindness and forgiveness, when you are compelled to humble yourself, when you experience mercy, you are experiencing and giving away the government of God. When you see true justice, when you see the innocent freed and those unexpectedly welcomed, you are witnessing the justice of God and that justice will have the final word. When you see the family unit intact, single mothers cared for, children protected, the value and the sanctity of life valued, you are seeing the government of God. Only under the authority, only under the name of Jesus can wrong things be made right. And anybody who tries to make wrong things right, even if they're not declaring God inside, in their inners, subconsciously, by their intelligent design, they are actually doing the work of God and they're desiring to. Only the government of God, only Jesus, only under the authority of the name of Jesus can wrong things become right. See, friends, a name is a powerful thing. In the Bible you see lineages and names. You also see the importance of moments being named. Altar moments, powerful moments, where I draw water, where I worship God, where my sandals come off. Names, names, names. Names are significant. In fact, this is even more clear that creation could not even be completed unless... Adam named all the animals, then God gave him Eve. Names are important. It is the essence of a thing. I know that maybe you've been to some awkward company parties. Maybe you've been to a church event. We try to not do this that much, but you know what happens when you put a name tag on. It's, it's awkward already, but it does help alleviate some of the awkwardness. When you meet somebody, oh, where's your name from? What does that mean? What, 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 what does that mean to you? And, and a name carries authority. A name is significant. You know when you grew up with a kid that was a maniac and that lives in the back of your mind and you would never name your child, even though it was a great name, you remember that crazy kid and you're like, never will I ever, because subconsciously, I, I am now stuck. That kid is nuts and that is a bad name. <laughs> a name is significant. It is an identifier. It's what people call you. It's what you respond to. It's what you understand about yourself from the day you were born. You are identified by this name. And it's why Proverbs 22 says this, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. And Isaiah writes, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. See, listen to me. These names are adjectives. They are describers of the Messiah. But Isaiah did not have the ability to, to put the name down because it was many years prior. And so he's using these adjectives that he sees in the spirit. And the reality is, is you could use a million adjectives to describe Jesus. 
I mean, the Bible goes through a million of them. Lily of the Valley and Rose of Sharon, the Word of God, the door, the way, the truth. I used to go on and on and on and on and on. But Paul writes in Philippians 2, he says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In other words, friend, every single king that's ever lived and every single king that lives today will bow at the name of Jesus. Every politician will bow at the name of Jesus. Every rich person will bow. Every business owner will bow. Every poor person will bow. Every average person will bow. Every, you know what? Everybody and everything, every animal, the sun, the moon, the stars will bow because there is no name that's greater. There's no name. But, but Isaiah, he, he, he boils his, it down. He, he gives us wonderful counselor. Why does he do that? He gives us mighty God, strong God, everlasting father. He gives us prince of peace. I think there's something so significant to those words because in your life, you're gonna need a counselor and you're gonna need a defender. In your life, you're going to need a father who cares for you and develops you where you can believe that anything is possible and the mountain can really move. Where you're going to need the Prince of Peace when all of life is chaos and you feel like the world is crashing around you. You can call on Jesus who gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. See, there's something about the name of Jesus. He can win your heart. He can blow your mind. He can do miracles. And I've got a question. Do you need a miracle today? Do you need a miracle in 2024? He's the same Jesus that came thousands of years ago. He's the same Jesus today. His name is potent enough to heal your body. The Bible calls him the great physician. His name is wonderful enough to give you a new heart and a new mind. His name is glorious enough to give you a second and third and fourth and fifth chance. His name is great enough to bless you and to provide for you in ways you never dreamed. His name is mighty enough to forgive you and save you. His name is creative enough to make a way where there seems to be no way. His name is powerful enough to be God. He always has been. He always will be. He is King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He's Alpha and Omega. He's Emmanuel. God with us right here, right now, there's so many more things I could say about Jesus, but here's the thing. You got to experience him for yourself. And those who have no, there's no other name. There's no other God. It's all baloney. It's all nonsense. It's all hogwash. It's all a waste of time. It's Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. And thousands of years ago, he came to pursue you. No other God, no other fabricated religion. Every other religion is like, hey, come to me, make the journey. And God goes, no, I'm coming to you. 
I'm making the journey to you because I love you. You're my child and I am father and I can do anything. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.